0: Everybody. welcome to the Phil Craft Survival podcast I'm your host Mike I'm on a live feed and I have a ho- co-host today His name is uh, Mr. Hohan
1: Hello Kurt <laughs> We've been doing this for a little while now so I think people know who the co-host what's is. what's the change up though what I feel I like you' I feel like you do that so like if you ever shit can me you can be like and the new co-host is or if I have a guest <laughs> or we're just pushing you and
0: suppressing your oh yeah yourself my
1: handsomeness okay. No, I don't know.
0: U.S. <laughs> underscore soft says, saw a guy with a Philcraft hat at the airport, made my day.
1: That's pretty cool, dude. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's I like really seeing awesome.
0: swag in public.
1: Yeah, that's cool. It, well, it's neat. You know, we we started the company. I mean, actually, you started the company, did the, you know, the logo and everything. And then I came on shortly after that. But I, it's exciting to see people now, like, you know, repping the company and everything we stand for, you know, so... It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Or when they when you're when you're walking through the airport and somebody goes, "Hey man, uh, are you Kurt from Fieldcraft Survival?" I'm like, no, I'm Mike. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Don't I
0: look Korean? <laughs> Am I allowed to eat on a podcast? Um, Joe Rogan drinks and smokes weed on
1: podcasts. Can we eat? I don't think you should because uh, yeah. that was like I'm so hungry though. You're, you're eating that baguette like a. I mean, you were destroying it earlier and it was like you were smacking your lips and it was it was disturbing to me. Yeah, I like that. It was Ooh, terrible. He <laughs> hates that. He hates that and spiders. Those are his he two things. He knows, puppies. too. Every time we travel or do anything, I think you do that to, to see if it pisses me off.
0: Kurtz hates <laughs> spiders and bread smacking. Kurtz likes dudes and sibians. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I have no response to that.
1: Just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't defend myself. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, today's podcast is actually brought to you by a few sponsors. Yes, they are. <laughs> Yes, this podcast is. (laughs) Uh, Our first sponsor is Black Powder Red Earth. If you guys aren't following Black Powder Red Earth, it's .com after what I just said. And the cool thing about Black Powder Red Earth is we actually consult for BPRE, and BPRE is ran by a good dude. And they've taken all the cool stuff that uh, are stories from consulting uh, independent contractors and special operations and turn it into a really cool graphic novel.
1: Yeah, they did. So Black Powder Red Earth. You can follow them on Instagram at Black Powder Red Earth. Uh, Check out their website. Check out everything they're doing. Super cool stories, like Mike's talking about, about some straight bad mofos uh, out getting after it in some pretty uh, hostile locations, and the stories are really cool.
0: Yeah, I think their their graphic novel just sold the hell out. It's, like, completely gone. Yeah,
1: they're crushing it. And uh, I believe they have several... Upcoming um, showings at like Comic Con and some different places like that. So definitely check them out. See where they're going to be. Go meet the guys that uh, that do all the artwork and do all of the writing. It's pretty neat.
0: Also, uh, Skillset Magazine. I was just uh, in featured a, a featured yeah. in a, a, a magazine. I wasn't yeah. on the cover. It's I'm actually not really cool. Right,
1: it's right behind you. I had uh, I had a beer with uh, Ben from Skillset Magazine two nights ago in Phoenix uh-huh. at one of my uh, tasty loving breweries, oh, which it's his, is Arizona wilderness. Notes. No, but, um, but yeah, so they, he gave me copies, the hard copies of your, uh, your debut and skillset.
0: Yeah. I'm a contributor for the magazine. If you like what you read or you want to read it, check them out at skillsetmag.com or go to your, your local uh, bookstore, Barnes and Noble and, uh, pick it up. It's <laughs> actually, uh, Isaiah Washington's on the cover. It's a really cool cover. And then, uh, I got an article in it. So, uh, check it out. Also, this uh, episode is brought to you by Truck Vault, truckvault.com. I'm actually wearing a Truck Vault t-shirt right here. I wear, Dude, their swag is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Do they sell that swag?
1: I don't know. We got to ask Lisa.
0: I wear the hell out of their swag. Uh, But truckvault.com, Truck Vault offers uh, a whole bunch of different options for carrying and uh, locking uh, a whole bunch of guns, kit, and everything else in the back of your rig. You can use it for overlanding. I like it because I literally can open it up. Change everything out. It's modular, and it, I even like it that I, the fact that I don't have to strap and bolt it down to the back of my rig, I can actually pull it in and out of the.
1: Yeah, you're running know. the what? What is it called? The Special Operations Command Center. The Special <laughs> no Operations No big command deal. Center. When we put it in the back and of no Mike's Forerunner, deal. he was standing out uh, behind the Forerunner <laughs> with his hands on his hips, yep. kind of pointing and directing, and with and a dry erase marker going yeah. back and forth. <laughs> but um, it's uh actually pretty
0: cool, and I like it a lot. And if you're interested in checking it out, check them out and use uh, the coupon code FIELDCRAFT. <laughs> FIELDCRAFT, that's typical, FIELDCRAFT, there's a theme. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, this uh, podcast is brought to you by U.S. Night Vision. U.S. Night Vision is one of our biggest and best strategic partners. They are.
1: And we are going to be supporting them. I will be at their booth and SHOT Show this year in Las Vegas, um, hanging out and definitely meeting and greeting people. So... More to follow on that, but US Night Vision, uh, one of our best partners and have been with us since we started. So, And last, but not finally least. Oh, we have a code for them too. It's Fieldcraft as well. And Night Vision is really craft. expensive. So you definitely want to go use that code and get 10% off. Yeah.
0: 10% off a million dollars is a lot. Yeah. Not, they're not in the million dollars, but I'm just saying.
1: right? Just for easy math, you know.
0: Um, if you're thinking about... Uh, Picking up some swag, I recommend Black Gun Co. Uh, our buddy Hector owns that company in Ceres, California. Yep. And um, he actually just helped us on a recent fundraiser we did for uh, Deputy Stasek, who was uh, killed in the line of duty while me and Kurt were in Cali. That's right. Uh, we just wrote a check for his wife, thanks to you guys and all your support. And uh, Hector helped out with Black Gun Co., taking all proceeds of his swag and mm-hmm. adding it to the pool. And we appreciate all that support. So thanks, Thank guys.
1: you for doing that, guys. Huge, uh, obviously in tragedy, huge opportunity to help somebody and um, not forgetting, you know, Deputy Stasek's, uh service and sacrifice. So definitely helping his family out, doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so this podcast, this podcast is about... Well, interesting, I got a question from somebody and was like, hey, you know, what do you think about? And he asked me, basically, what
1: do I think about? Oh, so this podcast is going to be about a question you got asked. Basically.
0: All right. So the question I'm ready. The question was,
1: yeah, I know, we're <laughs> spitballing it, right? The, the question was, um, you know,
0: what do you think about the 2A movement or the 2A community and how social media has affected that? So we just took that and also added that we're going to talk about Kind of 2A and its history, and, and some of the things that are associated negatively with the 2A movement or community, and how we've kind of seen it change through time. And then talk about some political issues that are going on uh, in the news that are hot topics, and also uh, uh, answer a couple questions from the live feed. So let's kick it off.
1: Blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah, that's when we do like this weird pause and then the music <laughs> kicks on. Um, but the editor, Andrew, our buddy, is probably not going to do that. So it's just going to make it real awkward. And we're back on. All right. Hey, guys. So the uh, the 2A movement, everybody knows the, the 2A movement
1: um, as it currently sits right we're, now. And for those of you just tuning in, we're referring to the Second Amendment, just so we can clear that up. Absolutely. So Second Amendment. And what's interesting enough is me and Kurt were –
0: where were we, where were we, we were from?
1: we were actually driving back from uh, Ceres, California, where we had just run a uh, multitude of different gunfighter courses for both law enforcement and open enrollment classes. Yep, and we were we were actually listening to a podcast by Radiolab that was
0: talking about the subject matter, which was uh, gun related. Which right. is, you know, Radiolab talking about gun stuff. It's kind of cool because you get a different perspective um a leaning left perspective of kind of like the 2A crowd the movement and uh its grassroots and some of the things that we were taken by, by were uh the fact of how at least f- from this um commentator and and the uh radio lab's opinion how it started right and one of the things was the uh in 1967 i believe the black panthers which the the head guy of the black panthers actually went into a Sacramento,
1: um, the the house floor of the uh, city, yeah, city council, yeah. yeah, basically city hall or city council in Sacramento. Yep, and, and then
0: and he came in there armed. And you know the back in the day, you know the Black Panther movement was started, um, obviously for African American rights, civil rights. Uh, but one of the things they they noted was, hey, we should be able to be armed to protect ourselves from. Right you know, th- from thugs, from criminals, but also, um, from harassment from the police, which I don't think that's arg- arguable, arguable, mm-hmm. uh, the shit was happening.
1: Yeah. In the 1960s, I mean, there's, uh, you know, plenty of documented different things that were happening or uh, happening in the inner city, uh, in California, specifically up North and, uh, down South. I know the Watts riots. Um, and then, you know, this story basically takes you through, um, how the black community armed themselves basically to defend themselves from, you know, being, uh, you know, discriminated against uh, by law enforcement. But the, the story I think really resonated with Mike and I because typically you don't get, you don't get to go all the way back, right? And kind of dig through these facts. Um, and you know, when we listen to everything, you know, we try to understand where it's coming from and who is, uh, you know, who's, who's stating the information, right? So a lot of digging. Um, because that's what you have to do today. And so it was really interesting for us to listen to this podcast and kind of understanding like really the, the first, um, you know, taking away of gun rights happened, uh, you know, in California because of, uh, you know, the Black Panther Party and the, the local and state government trying to limit uh, their ability to arm themselves.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting that uh, you know, the governor at the time was actually Ronald Reagan, and this is in 67 68 and the because of that uh, him bringing that i think it was a shotgun he said because he brought that shotgun into uh, the house and and he actually had the audio recording and he actually demanded to know if he was being detained and they're like no you're not being detained right which is kind of it's kind of ironic cuz you know he's defending civil rights and they're actually um, Telling him that he can't have the gun, and he's he's saying, "Well, am I d- detained? Right. Are you going to arrest me? Are you going to arrest yeah.
1: me?" And they actually have the dialogue from that. I think like he's, they actually are interviewing him, and and uh, but they have some of that dialogue clip, because yeah. it was caught by um, the press was yeah big the right press there. yeah so it, that whole confrontation was actually caught on it was either audio video or just audio but
0: I it think was it was funny because he said he didn't mean to get off on that floor like he went up and just was going to prove a point. Um, but he didn't mean to actually go uh, on that floor. Right, <laughs> before they were yeah. doing they were actually doing a vote on some bill or something. right. And after that, they basically came up, California specifically through Ronald Reagan, which is even more surprising. And um, it they outlined all the laws that were they were gonna ban guns. And one of the one of the laws was they were gonna ban any weapons in a government building. Mm-hmm. So that's when it started, right. Um, any firearms that were openly carried, and any firearms within a 150-foot radius of uh, um, a government building and no guns in the city limits, Right. which I thought, you know, it's like, wow. So that was the uh, initiation of what we saw as a state taking control um, and and controlling guns. And so it it progresses, and then it talks about the NRA. And this is some some other interesting history, because obviously when one state sets the precedence and Mm -hmm. they go – we're going to create all these laws, all the other states go, hey, we need to assess our laws. And all the people in those states go, hey, are they going to potentially uh, create laws in our states? And the next segment talked about a couple of Texans who were basically in the position where they wanted to step up to the plate and and make it known that in the state of Texas, they weren't going to take their guns and, mm. and they were going to do everything they could to defend their their rights um before the actual laws were enacted right And uh, it goes in a little bit into nra history
1: yeah that was really i you know right. thinking back to that part was really interesting as well how initially you know the nra was uh really low profile they didn't want to become you know a lobbying political organ or you know a political kind of entity um you know working you know somewhat behind the scenes as far as influencing politics or whatever you want to call it right uh-huh. so i know somebody's gonna freak out that i said that but Um, but I mean, Hey, you know, different special interest groups obviously have interests. And so, you know, it's no secret that that's the way business is done in Washington, DC is that, you know, folks, uh, you know, they try to influence outcomes and decisions and we're seeing that all the time today. So, you know, whether I'm for it or against it, that's really not the, that's really not the topic of conversation here. I just, you know, stating facts essentially, but. Um, but it was interesting to learn that initially, you know, they weren't that, uh, active as far as, uh, the setup. It was, you know, basically to encourage, uh, folks, you know, whether they were young or whatever to hunt, you know, to use firearms in that capacity or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until, um, you know, a little bit later in, in the history of the NRA where, you know, it talks about in that podcast where they started to split and, you know, some of the original founders were like, no, we don't want it to go this direction. Um, and some other folks you know said yes, we want it to go in the direction of you know protecting the Second Amendment, arming people um, you know, interesting for sure
0: yeah they they basically went on the the uh, during a, one of the seminars, which was one of the board meetings and basically shut down the NRA because the NRA was actually uh, one of the things that's interesting uh, enough they were going to take the word rifle out of the National Rifle Association, right which you know by design is designed to uh after uh, I think it was the Civil War in 1870 when it was um, stood up, they wanted to improve uh, the people's ability and uh, marksmanship because right, there wasn't yeah. a lot of uh, experience. So it was training uh, civilians. And then it, obviously because of lobbying and everything else, it turned into more of a political uh, lobbying group. But these guys basically went in and said, hey, we want an organization, this association, to stand up for uh Gun rights, individual liberty, and rights for the people, and what, and you know, if you read, I'm, I got the Second Amendment in front of me. I don't have it memorized, but it says, "A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, uh, arms shall not be infringed." And one of the de- the larger debates has been between uh, the interpretation of of what militia that, yeah, and people. Means. And I heard a interesting uh some interesting commentary where it was talking about specifically uh, you know the breakdown of the uh James Madison's um, yeah. um, issuance of that
1: or the and, thought process Yeah, the that.
0: thought process behind that. And he actually drafted it in two separate sections. And so uh the conservative base really talks about it in those two specific instances where it's hey, it's a militia and James Madison was obviously talking about the the right to arm a militia, but he's also talking about individual liberties and rights and people to be able to bear arms because obviously militias are made up of people. And so it's highly debatable. And I think that debate was semi uh, uh, stood up for, it was actually stood up for in 2008 when they had that, I can't remember the name of the the case, but basically it was the case of a guy uh, in Washington, D.C. who stood up against um the government and and presented a case to the supreme court and the supreme court and the supreme court actually took it and it was basically that he has the right to to bear arms in the city and protect himself right and uh you know it was a swing vote and you know it it, it actually was it swung to the conservatives which gave the individual rights to uh not to be stripped away by the state because they basically said in Washington D.C., you couldn't own a firearm right. out and about, and if you owned a firearm and it was registered in your own home, it had to be basically uh, broken down. Yeah, meaning it, it was not a functional firearm. Which which is one of I think it's one of the crazy.
1: I want to jump back into you know the Heller. Heller is the uh, case. By Heller. Way. Yeah. Um. So you know, one of the real interesting things to me in general is the fact you know when Madison. You know, when he wrote that or when he put that out, um, you know, the intent for that was you have to understand the thought process behind the founding fathers, which was we broke away from uh, England. And so, you know, it's uh, if you understand how, you know, the British work and how the, you know, the, the country was set up in England, you know, the, the people there weren't allowed to own firearms. They're not now right? You have to be like law enforcement and all this crazy stuff to even have a firearm. Um, But the intent for that was always uh, to allow the people to arm themselves, to protect themselves from a tyrannical government. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, that's impactful for me um, because when you think about that, it limits, right? There's, There's all kinds of different checks and balances, right? If you understand the U.S. government and how it was founded and how it's set up there are checks and balances and another check and balance was the ability to stay armed so that way if the government ever tried to take complete control um, and it was a considered a tyrannical government they wouldn't be able to do it and so there's been a lot of debate back and forth you know anti whatever you want to call them 2a anti-gun whatever have said well a well-regulated militia is the national guard you know they're the ones that well, I don't agree with that. I think that that, um, you know, that's not true. Like the, the whole premise of him doing that was understanding that it wasn't an organized military, it wasn't the National Guard, it wasn't any of those entities because they actually, you know, work for the government. So it, that doesn't make any sense. Kind of the, the common sense check and balance there is that, you know, he knew exactly what he was, what he was saying and doing. By allowing, uh, by allowing, you know, or by that, by the Second Amendment being written, he was saying, no, the people need to stay armed because we've seen what happens when a tyrannical government oppresses its people, and he wanted to to balance the power. Yeah, I, it's it, like how you stated it.
0: A lot of people, even on conservative fronts, more moderates don't actually say that out loud. Right, they don't like to say it, especially in the government space. Right, nobody wants to say we're bearing arms just in case the government loses control mm-hmm. but the reality is you know outside of independent self defense and the right to defend yourself in your life and your family's life it goes it goes with the saying that if you're independently defending yourself that you could <clears throat> defend yourself against the government in mass right and my whole thing is it, like you said it's a check and balance mm-hmm. if the government knows the people are armed that's scary for the government. Yeah. But what it what would, right yeah. does the government have against the people against its own people to to you know to unfairly and you know tyrannically control their people? They don't. Yeah. That's the great thing about America in maintaining this balance. That's why we don't get shit on by the government. <sighs> um. And and when the, when we do, we stand up against the government because right. that's our right as people. And even lefts it confuses me. Like because I go. Wait a minute, you're you don't like big government, right? You but they don't want big government, but but you want big government, <laughs> right? And you don't like to be controlled or or oppressed, but you don't want to arm your people, like or if you, you list- want
1: the government to make all the decisions for yeah, you and support you, and
0: it's- if the if the Black Panthers, I've gained more respect for a group that I actually uh, attest in the Black Panthers because if you look at the Black Panther right now. Uh, and the the people who were involved in the beginning, they're conservative now, but they have a conservative uh, methodology in in how they view the world and their individual civil rights, because that's a conservative thought. Yeah. And so, why would you why would you take away the the very arms that protect you? Number one, in your own house, when somebody tries to break in it and harm you or your family, but also a government that could that we've seen through history is a great example of. Getting out of control.
1: Yeah, you know, whenever you know, I think the one of the the glaring things to me in history is whenever you have people that advocate, you know, for completely taking firearms away from citizens of the United States of America, I immediately start to think about communism, fascism, um, you know, socialism, any of these movements, right, that have happened in you know the communist Soviet Soviet Union, China. You know Cambodia all you know North Vietnam all these places right that I mean let's be honest I don't think anybody in the United States would look look at any of those and say oh that's you know that's the the shining example of the world that we want to be the first thing that they did was move to disarm their people because they understood what that meant when they did that they understood to exert complete control over their people um, that they couldn't have armed folks and so you know my thing is is uh, regardless of emotionally how you feel about the topic i think uh, to really be educated on it you need to go back through history um and and pick through uh tyrannical governments that disarmed their people and what they did to them and we're not talking about they just took their guns away we're talking about you know they disarmed them and then they killed millions of their own people and they did it uh uncontested because no one could defend themselves and they used um, the military and they used all of the things that they had at their disposal to kill millions of their own people.
0: Yeah. It, the, the debate is um, migrating into like modern society is um, what is, what is enough arming? You yeah. know, what is, what is the where is the limit drawn? And, and that's a point I wanted to ask you because, Ugh. you know, I, I think, you know, when you have pistols, when you have firearms, uh, the eight, like for example the AR fifteen mm-hmm. you know the AR fifteen is chambered in point two two three or five five six by forty five millimeter for the military, and when you take that firearm a firearm that's used in warfare right. um, actually not advantageously uh, in the beginning in Vietnam and the triple canopy, but when you take a firearm that's designed for war and allow citizens to have it um what's the what's the balance where's the line
1: that's a tough one right so a lot of different opinions on this i'll tell you how i feel about it tell Um, me how you really feel how i feel yeah Um, i am not for don't say recoil either (laughs) i I just feel recoil i just yeah this is my safety um (laughs) no i am not for any gun control on american citizens and I'll tell you why, um, because I'm sure people are, you know, going to listen to this. And that's a controversial statement. The reason why is because once you start, you open a door that just continues. Uh, I call it mission creep, right? In the military, we used to say all the time, you know, uh, that different different organizations inside of special operations had different mission sets, right? And as soon as other organizations start to do the same thing as, as other organizations, um, you get what's called mission creep. So essentially using that analogy, right, uh, with the door uh, being open for gun control, where does it stop? You know what I mean? So once it starts, it's all interpretation where does it start? And the yeah. second part of that, right, so if you're, if you're fucking steaming right now because you don't like my opinion on that, here's what I think about uh, shit happening today in the United States of America. Listen, my, my thought process is a firearm is a tool. It's a tool. It's it's a ve- you know it's just like a vehicle. It's just like uh, any other tool. It's a hammer, whatever. That's how I look at that. It's literally the person behind the wheel holding the hammer behind the firearm that that has been the problem. And and we've seen this over and over again. If you take everybody's guns away. They're going to rent a fucking rider truck, and they're going to mow everybody down. Yep. So, you know, this, this argument that somehow that if we just take everybody's guns away, it's all going to be better. Well, it's a lot deeper than that. And, I mean, you know, you go into what's happening in American society today with the breakdown of the family unit, um, a loss of, you know, whatever you know whatever you consider morals and and all the different things, right, that kind of that guide your personal compass, if you will. I think there's a huge breakdown in a lot of that. And it's a people problem. It's not a firearms problem. But it's easy uh, to build fear and to do all these different things and say, no, it's guns. It's guns. We've got to take everybody's guns away because if I just take their guns away, it'll all be better. Well, that's, that's what people that, you know, in my mind, don't have the ability to step back, process information and go, wait a minute. A gun is a tool. What is going on with the person behind the firearm? You know, so so when you ask me that question in particular, I know it's a long answer, but, you know, I have a ton that I think about that because, again, I'm not an advocate for gun control because I feel like once you open the door, uh, it only gives politicians, uh, you know, more ground to move on the on the Second Amendment. And then the second part of that is it's a people problem, not a gun problem.
0: Absolutely. That's a good answer. And Kobe 26G on Instagram actually says government almost never relinquishes power back when it's taken, right? You know, and that and that's a common theme throughout history, and and that's the whole point of liberty and freedom. So, if you're against guns, you're against freedom. You know what I'm saying? You're <laughs> against freedom. And so, you know, I, one of the interesting things in that case, Heller versus Washington D.C., that I learned was the fact that the argument on the left side, and I keep saying left, but it, they're referred to as in Supreme Court justices as being on the left. The left argument was the fact that. Um, when was enough enough, and if uh, individual cities had had have the right to uh, dictate uh, and they're not infringing on rights, then they could tell tell people they don't have uh, the abilities to carry guns in certain aspects or u- utilize certain guns and aspects and then w- what I found ironic is in that same argument they talked about washington d c having a high crime right and then that if we allow guns to be uh, readily available, then we're giving guns to criminals. and, and I hate repeating this because I, um, I sound I sound unintelligent. but criminals do not give a fuck about your laws. Yeah. They never have and they never will
1: a violent criminal. What? Stop I know. It. It's crazy. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Uh, I don't believe you, man. I, I'm going to write a book. The government gonna, is the answer, and criminals <laughs> are going to follow laws, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Y- you sound like that Supreme Court justice. Uh, it's
0: just it's, uh, it's funny, but it's true. That's why it's funny. The fact that they actually say that, and it's statistically a fact. Every single city that has ordinances inside that city that create more gun laws have higher crime statistics. And that's not because law-abiding citizens are going, oh, I can't be armed, let's commit crimes. No, that's because criminals who are in that place, I mean, if you just take the small uh, analogy of it, imagine a restaurant or imagine a bank that says, everybody who comes through this door cannot be armed. Our security officer is not armed. None of our employees (laughs) are armed what do you think the bank robber who's looking to deliberately rob a bank is going to go after? That bank. Why? Because they are advertising the fact that they don't have, gu- they don't have uh, guns in the place.
1: Which all banks do.
0: Which, which all <laughs> banks do. And so their security guard's not armed, they're not armed, and they have no ability to defend themselves. They're, they're defendless. And so what happens to defendless people is they become higher statistical probabilities of It's called becoming a victim. It's becoming a victim. Yeah. And so you want to reduce that Say everybody in the bank has a gun. <laughs> Every citizen who banks at this bank is a armed citizen. You know how many times that bank will be robbed? Never. And yeah. so it's just like, it's it's, it's mind boggling that you have to even spell that out, but... It's the reality that we live in.
1: Next question for you, Kurt. Oh, man. No, wait a minute. One of my oh, favorite go, One go. of my favorite sayings, though, uh, is, what is it, uh, an armed citizen? Armed citizens are polite citizens. And I I have this vision in my head, right, of we live in Prescott, Arizona, and um, it's a very historical town. I don't fuck with anybody in Prescott, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, because your 85-year-old grandma I'll fucking waste your ass because she's got a 38 snub nose in her purse. But um anyways, we live in Prescott, Arizona. It's got a rich history, uh, rich Western American history with, uh, old gunfighters. Um, and you know, not comparing uh, society then to today because we're definitely not that hard. Um, but it, but it's interesting to me to think about that, uh, you know, that, that time in history because you had a bunch of gunfighters hanging out in the saloon and yes, shit definitely happened, right? The, the West was violent. Um, but, you know, it just it begs the question. You know, if you know everybody's armed, like, you know, are you gonna get squirrely, or, you know, is it gonna is it gonna keep the the uh, the the folks uh, polite? I guess is the yeah tame yeah it's, it's gonna
0: tame the masses. And um, you know, here's here's the point of one of the questions that was asked after creating the foundation <laughs> was that is that you know have we gotten out of control? I mean, even, even when I put the hashtag 2A, I actually, I actually in the back of my head go, I don't really want to put that because I don't know if I want to be associated with a community um, that, that is almost seemingly out of control. Mm. Like what's the limit of, and me and Kurt have talked about this before, but what's the limit of guns, rights, protection, defense, and entertainment? Right. Because what, what I'm seeing now more of than anything, and I've had this conversation with Kurt before, is the fact that people are using guns to entertain. Now, it's always been since the beginning of time and guns existed, you know, whether it was the, the marksman or the, uh, um, you know, the, the trick shot, it's existed. But when is enough enough? And, and is it even a thing? I mean, is, is it, you know, when somebody does like a cartwheel, to mm-hmm. a gun, and they do a split, and they shoot a target. Is that funny? Mm-hmm. Is that entertaining, or is it just fucking stupid? And that's that's the question I'll pass to you because
1: okay. I got to eat. So ask it one more time. <laughs> so, but you know, in, in oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're asking as far as like where where we think. the Where do we draw is, the fucking where? line? Um, I mean, I mean, people cartwheeling to a fucking gun. No offense to people who do that, but
0: you're fucking stupid. Like I I don't know why you would do that, and and. I've used guns to protect people, to protect myself form, or, or uh, you know units and organizations for a, a common objective, but to take a firearm and to do trick shots and to do you know all this stupid shit you see on TV and social media, mm-hmm. like why the fuck would you do that? Well, anyways, that's my opinion, you got
1: it already, but what what's your opinion on it? So you know, your question uh, begs the answer it does beg the answer. <laughs> I'm like slowly trying to think through this one, too, because um, I think at this point, you know, you've got a lot of uh, political banter definitely going back and forth. Um, You know, I'm I'm firm in my belief um, in the sense of not uh, limiting people's rights. So um, but as far as social media goes, I mean, hey, look, that's the world that we live in today. I mean, you and I both know business wise, we communicate with people that way. We give people a look uh, not only into some of our personal life, uh, but also the professional side of our business and everything that we do. Um, it's only natural that people that are for or against the Second Amendment would use these platforms uh, as a way to communicate with people um, to, you know, to express their opinions and views, right? Which, um, regardless of the, <laughs> the side that you're on, why do you do this? When you eat salad and you, you put green stuff all over your teeth, it's, it freaks me out. Um, but, it, but it's only natural to assume that people are going to do that. Uh, um, I don't, uh, disagree with either side because I'm not for limiting people's rights. Um, but I know what side I'm on as far as being a uh, pro second amendment and, uh, no, but if you see a guy doing a cartwheel and a fucking split, yeah, but is that, I a mean, gun, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, I think it's stupid. I mean, I, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, because we have a different background and I think we think a little bit differently than most folks do. And it's not to separate us, but it's because of what we did for a living for a long time. And so when I see people with firearms, like I expect a high level of, um, it's not proficiency responsibility. Yeah, it's It's responsibility. And, um, and it's, it's in the way that we train in our, our functionality with the tool. And so when I see uh, people kind of mocking that, um, you know, I'm not cool with it. You know what I mean? Is it somebody's right? You know, can they do it? Yeah, you can do it. If you're a dipshit and do a cartwheel and shoot yourself on the femoral artery, well, that's kind of, you know, that's just, uh, you know, basically stupid shit working itself out if you bleed out. But um, but as far as all that stuff goes, I I would say that I don't think – that any of it is too much because in saying, uh, that some of it is too much, I think that I would be limiting somebody's right to express themselves or their opinions. Um, and I'm not going to do that because that's exactly, uh, what's happening is, um, we get everybody all fired up after a school shooting, uh, or a tragic event with a firearm. And then we try to take people's rights away, not actually Turning around and taking a deep look inside as a society and putting blame on people and not a tool. So that's it. I hate your uh, balanced
0: and moderate uh, answers to stuff. You're so fiscally responsible. <laughs> You're
1: so fucking politically correct. I You're hate so you. So politically cor- no, correct. No, but I don't think it is. That was a that was a nice way of saying I'm pro Second Amendment and I'm pro right. You're too nice. Pro-rights. Oh, God. All right. No, I like it. I like it. I like
0: it. Don't, 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 don't lose that. Don't lose that value in you. Yeah.
1: I keep the... Somebody
0: <laughs> has to be balanced. Fair and balanced news. Wait, That's who it. says that? Well, let me get you fired up then, because uh, we were talking about oh, this here morning. here we go. Here we go.
1: This uh, Kavanaugh. Um, no, why are you going to prove that has ha- not? Well, this actually, is a hot button. Topic. Actually, it is. It, it has a lot to do with what's going on. Um, so, again, people I think the background. Well, it's relevant to the Second Amendment because he's pro Second Amendment. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I think that what's happening right now. Well, is we'll tell people what's happening because some people don't know what's happening. Let's lay it <laughs> out. If you don't know what's happening right now, you need to pay attention to what's going out, going on right now in the Supreme Court nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. So. Um, you know, I had an opportunity last night to watch both of the interviews, uh, of both the accuser and the accused. Um, and you know, for me, um, you know, there's definitely, uh, I kind of walked away from that. Like, you know, it was, he said, she said, um, and, and here's, here's the thing, right? Who really knows what's going on behind the scenes, but the senators on the, uh, the judicial committee, that supposedly had this information, you know, a month, months ago, whatever it ends up being, why would you not move immediately to investigate or or bring that to law enforcement's attention? Immediately. Right. It's a crime. It's a crime. Exactly. And and both people deserve, you know, uh, I mean, definitely Judge Kavanaugh deserves due process. That is part of this country and the way the legal system is set up, whether you agree with that or not. If you found yourself in, the, in his shoes, you would definitely want due process. So just think about that for a second. But the accuser as well to go through an investigation. And if this truly did happen, then obviously it would not make him uh, it would not make him fit to serve on the Supreme Court. Obviously. Right. It's a no brainer. My issue with the whole thing is the way this has been done. This is a political assassination uh, of a man that served in public you know, in a public capacity for years, for years, and nobody brought anything up. No, you know, there was nothing ever brought up. The man's had his, his uh, background investigated like six times by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, he's been a judge for a long time. Isn't it strange? You have to ask yourself. Have to ask yourself. Isn't it strange. strange that at the, the final hour, the final hour when it looks like this guy's going to get confirmed to the Supreme Court... That this gets thrown out there. Yeah. I mean, if this doesn't. I mean, if this not a criminal injunction.
0: Not a criminal. Uh, uh, not anything <coughs> related to a criminal investigation. <laughs> but, but, but right, political. Like, a political move. Right. That, that hey, this is, is going, going gone down. We haven't. We don't care enough to bring it to the FBI yeah, to bring right. it to law enforcement. Yeah. But, but we care enough to
1: bring it to a political. Well, that's exactly. I arena. mean, uh, yeah. And and you know they didn't protect the accuser. They didn't protect the accused. They didn't do the right thing. Guys, if you're listening to this and we're not, I'm a huge advocate of holding all of our politicians accountable, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. If this kind of shit is going on, we as the American people need to speak out and say something about it. It's unacceptable. This kind of garbage going on, it literally, like I don't give a fuck if you're a Democrat or a Republican, but the fucking shit show that's going on in DC right now, like, I have never been so disappointed in my life about the conduct of elected officials. Like, understand something. These people are, are elected to serve us. They are a servant of the community, uh, of the folks that they are elected by. Um, they show up in Washington, D.C. They are fucking entitled, and they think they run the fucking show, not understanding that the people run the show. And, you know, it's upsetting to me. Uh, that this kind of stuff is going on in Washington, D.C., and it should really piss people off. Um, And you should be talking to whoever your elected officials are and hold them accountable for the decision-making processes uh, that they're responsible for in representing their communities. It has nothing to do with them. They're just a vessel uh, to make something happen. And and quite honestly, a bunch of these motherfuckers are a bunch of self-serving scumbags Um, that have done nothing but keep people down and exploit the communities that they were expected to represent, uh, in an honorable fashion in Washington, DC. And it's, it's just, uh, it's fucking mind boggling to me, man.
0: Well, the first, the first, um, that was very passionate and very blunted. You got it. You know, dude, you start talking about it with me and I get like fired up. But you know, I think, I think the, the balance here is the fact that, you know, the first time she's actually interviewed and, uh you know, everything's being brought out. It's
1: brought out in a pu- public spectacle. Yeah, And, and... Well, right. And, yeah. The note was supposed to be private, right? To Diane yeah. Feinstein. And but it was leaked. Somehow, it, it, only four people knew about it. And, and somehow they didn't leak it to the press. Like, come on guys. Well, like, in the, in the, the ability
0: nowadays, and I'll, and I'll say this bluntly, um, to be fucked over by somebody who just says fucking words, yeah. right? There's no out, there's no proof, there's no c- corroborating uh, witnesses or information that's come forward. There's no federal or local criminal investigation.
1: Nothing has transpired. And and then people, I'm reading some media. The only outlets. thing that yeah, the only thing that's been made is a fucking accusation. But well, well, I'm
0: reading I'm reading the media outlets and everybody that's on the left, obviously the Atlantic, CNN, all these people that are coming out that are editors. Sometimes editors and chiefs are coming out from these uh, periodicals and from these from these media outlets saying he should be um, pulled out. He should be not allowed to be confirmed. And it's like, so is that how we're going to operate? Is that how
1: we're going to work in America? Oh yeah. When 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 politically when your only motivation is a political objective, absolutely, regardless of the guy's background, his values, it doesn't matter. Like, your character, nothing matters anymore. The only thing that fucking matters is that selfish fucking politicians who don't want to see something happen can assassinate your fucking character and get away with it, and that is fucking bullshit. Yeah, if you, if you come forward and uh, you shoot somebody in the face,
0: that's murder. If you come forward and beat somebody's ass, that's assault. But if you come forward and you assassinate somebody's character, affect their entire life, yeah, forever... Then that's that's nothing. That's that's politics. politics. And that's the fucking wrong answer. Obviously. um, Obviously, it's the wrong answer. I want to make,
1: you know, I want to throw this statement out there too, because what I don't want people to get confused is that here we go. Here's the balance. Yeah, it is the balance. Um, Don't get me wrong. Sexual assault is a serious frigging crime. Um, You know, any uh, man or woman that experiences that, uh, that's a truly terrible thing. And they deserve all the justice in the world. Um, but this situation in particular just reeks of bullshit. Um, the timing, uh, the nature of the allegations, uncorroborated reports, right? Uh, the four supposed witnesses that were at this party when they were in high school. Are you fucking kidding me? We were talking about it earlier. Um, if we go back into fucking high school when I was in high school, one, I'm fucked, uh, not with sexual assault, obviously I'm not advocating that or, saying anything stupid about that but who wasn't an idiot in high school you know what i mean and so you know for me looking at all of this and it's like they're going back 30 some odd years and 1982 yeah i mean it just the whole thing is just it's fucking insane man and people and and people are like you know they're sticking to their party lines and i'm like fuck party lines like get your head out of your ass and look at like look at something common sense wise and understand what the fuck is going on. Well, every well you were balanced and then you went hard right again. <laughs> Sorry. So everybody, you know, the
0: thing um, what's interesting is our own state in Arizona, the Republican Jeff Flake, he had a sudden change of heart and he, he actually simultaneously voted to advance the nomination committee while warning party leadership that he would oppose Trump's nominee in a crucial floor vote until. The FBI, FBI conducted an investigation, investigation. Right. but don't you? Doesn't it just seem like it's like bass backwards? It's like, why the fuck would you? Well, not that, again, want that Initially, yeah. this should have then, been
1: this. You know, the whole thing is, and and this is why if you don't understand, this is as political assassination. That the whole point of this is, is that the Senate Judiciary Committee members on that committee had this information a while ago. They should have brought that to the forefront attention of the law enforcement. They use that. They used this little ace in the hole to politically maneuver, regardless if it's true or not. It, the only their only objective is to stop Brett Kavanaugh from being, um, you know, confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. The whole way this is being done reeks of just no integrity. It's fucking political bullshit at its finest. And I feel like, as the American people, we need to demand more of our elected officials and and hold them accountable for this kind of shit. Like, if you if you just blindly follow a party, you're a fucking idiot. Okay, you're there he goes again. you're an idiot. You're, you need to freaking you're okay. you need to grab the facts, get the facts, just the facts, man. Anyways, I'm gonna lo- I'm, my fucking blood pressure is skyrocketing right
0: yeah, now. Yeah, I uh, I could tell that I could fill your blood pressure through the microphone. <laughs> Um, no, I think everything you're saying is right. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, when I, I actually thought about this the other day, when, when you look at the demise of a government, typically it's not, you know, it's, it's the infrastructure, it's the people, it's some kind of upheaval. It could potentially in this case be the government that literally gets themselves into a point where people are fed the
1: fuck up. Yeah. And what, well, you know, not- yeah. What does that look like though? Like, is, which is really scary to me because our backgrounds, but you look at that and it's like, what is it? What does fed up look like? You know what I mean? Like, does it, I mean, it, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I, I really feel like, uh, you know, our media is to blame about, um, definitely exploiting people and the differences I mean, if you look at society today, it's negative in general, right? They want to, it's like everybody draws these political lines. They pull you apart and they want to make sure that you're divided. Like why do people divide people? let me ask you that question. Think about that. Why do people divide people? Well, one thing that comes to mind for me is they want to exert control over you. They want to be able to, to tell you what to do. And so, you know, the whole premise of bigger government, if you want bigger government, they're going to tell you exactly what to do. So just think about that. Why Why would people want you so divided? Typically, it's to make you weak. So, you know, I just want people to understand that that are listening. Think about what these politicians are doing and what the media is doing and who's behind uh, you know, basically playing puppet master and pulling strings. You have to understand that because I feel like now if you take everything at face value, you're just not getting the truth. You're getting somebody else's line of bullshit.
0: Yeah, and you're, you know, the way you deal with this, which is, it sucks. It's, it's really the only way to deal with it is, you know, take this lesson learned and do education, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, learn about the politicians that you're electing and vote. I mean, a lot of people don't want to vote. A lot of people don't stand up and actually leverage their their individual right. I mean, I was thinking about it rolling through town, just seeing names and, and yeah. thinking, yeah. Uh, how many times have I been to the ballot box, and I just I vote on the coolest name because I don't have an <laughs> option. I'm like, huh, the Glover dude seems cool because his name is G-Lover. Uh, uh, Winkleberry is not a really good uh, name, so he's not going to get the vote.
1: <laughs> Winkleberry. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Senator yeah. Dingleberry isn't a very cool name. I'm not. Dingleberry would have yeah. been
0: better. I, I was thinking that, but I said Winkle. Yeah. I apologize. Right. We um, know how
1: you vote, so we're we're trying yeah. we're trying to change our ways too and become more yeah. educated about the process. So
0: absolutely. And uh, you know, uh, reading through this is just gives me a headache, man. And what I've noticed is the media is becoming more toxic than ever oh, before. Disgusting. Because yeah. I mean, if you if you turn on CNN, for example, what Fox News is just as bad. It's just on the flip side of it. If you look at CNN. It's nothing but Trump. It it is literally a network that is li- I mean, I thought about it. I, I talked about it with somebody the other day at the gym. And I'm like, if somebody goes to work, and even if you're a left, you're a liberal, you're a Democrat, whatever it may be, and every single day you go to work, you have to look at an itinerary that involves Trump.
1: Yeah, that would fucking make me nauseous. Dude, I'd be like, Yeah, exactly. It would uh it would just be mind-numbing just to keep spewing the same political bullshit. Even if you don't like the fucking guy, I get it. You know what I mean? Uh, he rubs people the wrong way. You you don't like his leadership style, whatever, right? I, I understand that. Hey, it's a free country and you have the ability to express your opinion, do it through, you know, the, the obviously the loudest uh, voice or the loudest message you can send is through voting. And so. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm big about after you vote for somebody, hold these motherfuckers accountable because, uh, again, they run around during campaign season, making a lot of promises that most of them can't fucking deliver on because they don't have the nutsack when they get to Washington DC to actually do something. So, yeah, it's sad. and for, you know, for those tough female politicians out there, whatever the, uh, the opposite of the old nutsack is. <laughs> What is that? You are making me. Think. I don't know, dude. You, you know, I had I had a, a conversation with somebody,
0: and this is this is totally off topic. But you know what I realized about male testicles is the fact that <laughs> it's like listen, hear me out. Oh, here this is a good one. So it's like male testicles. So when when male <laughs> males when men were made, uh, somebody had the bright idea let let's pull out the ovaries and make them testicles. And then let's take those ovaries and then protect them
1: with a thin layer of skin. So your heart. How did we go from Second Amendment to Judge Kavanaugh to now you're describing uh, how testicles Your pump
0: house, your heart is protected by a rigid uh, sternum made of fucking bone. But, but your ball sack, the pump, yeah, the pump, th- the house, testicles yeah, are are
1: protected by a thin layer of skin. Yeah, who the, the fuck, fuck made, that, made up? that up? I don't know. Who dude. invented? Man. Who? I, I feel like it should be like a at uh, least a, a burlap sack quality. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like a little cordura. bit tougher, yeah. Let me get five hundred. I need a thousand denier uh, a cordura, cordura nutsack. Cord- exactly.
0: <laughs> Even the nutsack on my actual like M two four nine machine gun was made. Oh of yeah, it was tougher than a skin nutsack yeah. for sure. I thought about this because I, I was shaving and nicked my ball sack, and then and then I actually went. If I nicked my sack any more or harder, I'd literally bleed out a nutsack. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's and all great who points. Who invented like? ovaries are protected by the human body by like yeah they're they're, internal they're internal and so they're protected but who thought let's just reach in there pull these bad boys out and then what else do we got oh yeah we got a little bit of skin you have a micro layer of skin A (laughs) (laughs) a micro layer of skin it's almost like a test it's like we're going to give you balls that make other children and people, oh and then we're going to put a thin layer, and let's see what the fuck happens. All right, back to the second amendment. Rolling Come the on. dice. Come on. Rolling the dice, nut sacks. Get off my nut sack. Whoever's the inventor of the <laughs> nut sack, you're fucking
1: fucked up, man. You're fucked up. Um, anyways, off my nuts and uh, on to yours. Just get off them nuts and back to the podcast. Hey, I thought that was really
0: intellectual and, uh, and stimulating, yeah. I mean, just to think about that. Yeah.
1: All Anyways, I needed that, dude. My blood pressure was I like know, man. That's why I did it. See I'm that I'm bright red talking about politics That right ruse?
0: Now. I faked the yeah. funk and got you back to earth. I uh, used to, to ribs with that dude. Hey, I'm selling a,
1: a Samsung Note 8. If you're interested, <laughs> DM me on my personal account. <laughs> 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 yeah. Those are our ads at the end. Uh, Toyo MT Tires. Uh, look up Craigslist, Fieldcraft Survival. I sold my... Uh, my rims. My, oh, did you? Uh, net, yeah, I sold
0: my rims to uh, a buddy named Gabe, and he bought me. Them 20 uh, twins. Uh, 20 <laughs> twins? 20
1: <laughs> yeah. um, With them low-profile sun Hell yeah. Uh, cool. What else were we talking about? Uh, well, uh, I thought we were going to circle back to the Second Amendment, and then we were going to potentially close this podcast out.
0: <laughs> let's close it out. So, hey, you know, just like uh, Kurt eloquently put it, um, you know, fucking with guns is fucking with freedom. That's what he said verbatim. Bam. And so... I, you know, here, I, I always have felt this way, but in working in the government and understanding the complexities of the government, um, me defending myself isn't just for protecting myself against the government. It's protecting me and my individual liberties from pieces of shit who want to harm you, and that's the big for me. That's number one. I want guns. I want. It. I want dirty. One rounds as opposed to thirty rounds because a criminal can get thirty rounds. I want that one extra round to kill his buddy who's trying to kill me as well. So when you have that kind of society that protects itself, yes, you're going to have loose cannons. But as Kurt stated, it's not the tool; it's the tools behind the tools. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was so uh, good. that's
1: a good one to close out on. Yeah, I it's like the that. tools it's behind, it's the tool. behind the tools. The
0: tools behind the tools. Real quick, let's close out with uh, what we got going on. Number one. I actually just did a little bit of marketing on it. We're doing our new, our new black EDM go light panel pack bags, which is a lot of words. Sorry about that. We'll just call it a Go bag. Yeah, it's completely loaded.
1: It is complete. What does that mean? I mean, you got to tell like, <laughs> sorry, it's completely sorry, sorry, sorry. loaded. I thought you were going to pick this up. Where oh, I was, my you bad. Know, you're not picking it up. Well no, it I will. I will. Okay, so okay. Uh, we've de- uh, in collaboration with North American Rescue. They make the best trauma equipment on the planet, along with med stuff. Um, we made a vehicle trauma kit it's called the V-Turk the vehicle trauma response kit and we have those available on our website now um, we're gonna allow uh, people to buy those individually so folks that have already got the everyday mobility go light bag uh, you'll have the uh, you know the ability to pick up a V-Turk and then we are going to do a limited run of a hundred of uh, some of these EDM go light bags fully kitted out all so, in black yeah
0: survival yeah. med, and I mean, even I'm even throwing in the mobility patch, which I only have a limited number of, as it's, it's 100. We're only going to do 100 of these go bags. And then?
1: And then there's more.
0: <laughs> so, you know, the big thing with a loaded go bag is one, you could buy this stuff separately if you already have the EDM bag. But a lot of people have requested, hey, I want a go bag that has
1: freaking everything. Yeah. So, we. Well, yeah. yeah. I think part of that, or part of that when folks are reaching out is they're like, hey, we don't have your guy's background. Tell us what we're supposed to carry, right? So a big part of that, right, uh, is having the right gear, um, but also getting involved in training. And so we're going to be doing uh, more on the med side of the house as well. We've done some in the past, but we're going to make sure people not only get the right equipment, but they're also educated in how to use it. So Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to have everything you need, and it'll be up on the site tomorrow. Right. Um, I'm actually
0: waiting for a shipment of some of uh, the VTRK kits, the Vertix kits, and once they get in, I'll assemble everything and put it together, and then uh, we'll start marketing it. Sweet. Series California, October 13th and 14th, Level 2 course. If you've been to a Level 1 gunfighter course, you could sign up for the Level 2 and November 10th and 11th. I have a note, uh, a pistol course, which is the Level 1 on Saturday, and a Gunfighter 2 Level 2 course uh, on that Sunday, November 11th. That's right. And if you guys are interested or gals are interested, sign up on philcraftsurvival.com. Again, that's the uh, gunfighter.
1: Pistol and Carving Courses and Series C E R E S California. That's the future. Let's talk about what's happening tomorrow. So if you haven't signed up for the our modern survival uh, seminar, you can still do that through our website. Uh, Mike's actually doing that briefing tomorrow from nine to noon at our business location in Prescott, Arizona. And tomorrow, I will actually be at what's called Hope Fest, which Hope, Hope Fest. Fest is the largest car show uh, annually in Prescott, Arizona. I will be downtown on whiskey row. You will see my white Tacoma. If you have a Mac 10 shoot the booth next to me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Don't do Uh, SD tactical. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. That That'd be bad. Uh, but we'll be located, uh, next to our friends SD tactical, which is a firearms manufacturing, small custom firearms manufacturing guys here in Prescott, Arizona. Great group of guys, great Americans, Um, It's a family run business. We're going to be right next to them. Uh, You get a chance to interact with me. Uh, I'll have a bunch of our products out there swag to buy. Please come down and visit. Come down. I want to shake your hand. I want to say what's up Um, and come enjoy the car show. It's for a good cause. Um, Again, it's free um, and I will actually drop booth numbers tomorrow morning on social media so you guys can see where we're at, but please come see us uh, really looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Well, what's interesting, is the uh, Hope Fest goes to uh,
0: uh, benefit a mother who actually lost both of her twin boys, oh, twin sons, wow. in yeah. combat, um, and it, one was lost years ago, and one was recently lost. So,
1: I'm uh, glad you out. followed up with that.
0: Yeah, come out and uh, and support uh, the cause, and uh, and go see Kurt. I'll be actually doing the seminar, which is pretty much all accounted for. Uh, we get a full full class. And, I'll, and the mayor's coming tomorrow and everybody else. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody here in the shop at headquarters uh, tomorrow morning. Awesome. All righty then.
1: I think that's it. Follow us on our social media at fieldcraftsurvival at kurt underscore Philcraft at mike.a.glover. What else? Fieldcraft Mobility, Fieldcraft Survival Fit. We're all over the place, guys. We do a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of great people helping us out, uh, giving us the ability to do that. The goal of the company has always been uh, to educate people, uh, to give them the ability to survive in the worst case scenario, and uh, we branched into now making top-of-the-line equipment that gives you solutions to problems. Absolutely. Thanks for the support, guys. Until next time, stay alert, stay alive.